Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. On today's show, we welcome Brad Jillings, founder of Youth International, which is an amazing service learning program that brings Gap Year students to Asia and South America for semester-long Gap Year adventures. Brad has an incredible amount of experience, in, not only in his, um, you know, in the Gap Year world and running these programs, but also just a plethora of personal travel and adventure experiences that he shares with us today. Um, many adventures and insights that he's gained from that that have led him to where he is now, running semester-based Gap Year programs for students. I was actually really surprised at how much I didn't know about him that we learned about on the show. I thought that, you know, we had done our background research and I've known him for years and years, but he pulled out some gems and some surprises about where he's been and what he's done that really, really wowed me, honestly. Me as well. So let's let's get to it and allow him to share his experiences with the podcast listeners. Thanks so much for being here and let's get started. much for being here with us today and we're so excited to feature you on the pod. Um, Now you've been to many many countries and we will get to that a little bit more later on here Um, but you are the founding director of Youth International, an experiential gap year travel and learning program that combines rugged international travel, intercultural exchange, homestays with local families, volunteer community service work, and outdoor adventure. So we'd like to know where in the world at the moment your fall Youth International students are and what they are up to today give or take. Thanks so much for having me on the show, uh, Margo and Julia. Really a pleasure to be here. And yeah, our teams, we send teams out twice a year, every September and February for three-month adventures um, in South America and Asia. Our Asia teams go to Nepal, India, and Thailand. And our South America teams go to Bolivia, Peru, and Ecuador, including the Galapagos Islands. So they're out there on the road right now. full throes of their adventures. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, And do you provide the same programs? Is it the same two semesters in the fall as well as the spring? Yes. Yeah. Every fall and every spring, we send teams out to South America and to Asia. Um, Yeah. And we've been doing it for 22 years now. We're in our our 22nd year of operation. That makes me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very long time. Yes, that's that's amazing. Um, and I think your perspective is unique in that sense as well, since you've been around the industry for, um, I think, yeah, longer than Julia or I have been. So very excited to hear more. Yeah. And to, you know, give listeners a little bit of background on you, Brad, your first formative travel experience was with Up With People, which is a performance group that travels all over the world for, I think, six months at a time. Uh, and then you taught in Japan, and then you worked with AmeriCorps. So that almost sounds like three amazing gap years right in a row. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Up With People, and what did you do with them, and how did that shape your younger self? Uh, absolutely. Um, can I back it up just a little bit more from that, and uh, even go back uh to the 80s? <laughs> I grew sure, up... <laughs> a wild time, indeed. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, I, 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 let's see, I started high school in 1980 and graduated university in 1989, so I'm really definitely a child who <laughs> came of age in the 80s. Um, during the 80s, there was certainly 
I grew up in Canada, by the way. I'm sort of a Canadian-American. I have a Canadian father and an American uh, uh, mother. So I grew up and went to school in Canada. I always sort of had one foot in, in both countries my whole life. I've lived for many years in the United States now um, and I'm a citizen of both countries, but um, just with a little bit of background there. So I grew up in Canada in the 80s. I think in the United States as well, most certainly, the, the idea of a gap year was, was, was not something that existed or it was a very vague concept. It certainly wasn't on my radar, but I know that going way back uh, as early as my high school days, I, I, I just had this, this holy grail in my mind of, of wanting to take off for a year and go travel. The, the, the idea of doing it after high school was not really a realistic even, you know, concept for me. Just both thought of just, it just wasn't something people did. Um, I also came from fairly modest means, so financially it wasn't something that was very doable. So, so I aimed towards the end of my college years to, to go on this holy grail year and, and travel. Never thought of it as a gap year, didn't even know what that was. Just knew that I wanted to go out and travel. Um, you know, heard from some people in university who had, who had already gotten out there and put a backpack on their back and, you know, looked at some of their pictures about, you know, hiking in the Himalayan mountains and stuff like that. And it was just such a burning thing and kept me going through, through, through university, knowing that I had this, this goal at the end of, uh, of graduation. Um, thought that it would be more just get a backpack on my back and go out there like I'd heard of a few people uh, doing. But uh, towards the end of my, I think it was my second last year in university, this, this group came to a town or a town near where I was going to university in Canada, um, called up with people and I went to a show of theirs and I was just blown off my feet. I'd also done uh, a lot of theater uh, myself in my university years, so I love the theater aspect of it and I was just blown away by the inspiration, um, the energy of them and, and wanting to go and travel with them. So I kind of switched gears of putting a backpack on my back and going traveling and rather um, wanted to join this crazy circus <laughs> called up with people, which I ended up doing. I got on, I, uh, I was accepted and got on board with them and um, about uh, eight months after I graduated university um, I worked like crazy and earned money and, and went off and traveled with them for a full year traveled all over the United States and Europe and, and Japan um, a traveling show but we also did a lot of volunteer work while we're, we were out there and that was really um, that was really my gap year, although I never thought of it as such. That was my gap year with a gap year program, one of the first that existed really up with people. They started in 1965, and that was, that was really the beginning of my, I don't know, I guess I like to call it my social conscious awakening. Um, I, I wasn't the kind of person who grew up in an environment where I thought a lot or was, 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 you know, forced or pushed to think a lot about international issues. I hadn't traveled much at all before that. Um, social issues. So that was really the beginning for me. Um, during that year, you can stop me anytime as I ramble. <laughs> during, during, that, during that year, I was in Japan. And while I was there with, with people, I, I actually got an opportunity to interview for a, a job in Japan. And 
two weeks after I finished my year, my gap year, so to speak, with Up With People, I got in a plane, much to my mother's chagrin, and uh, flew straight to Tokyo and lived with one of the host families that I had during my Up With People year and taught English at high school and at businesses in the evening. And um, that was the most intense experience that I had to, date, had to date culturally, living for a long time with a Japanese family so different than my own culture. Um, and, and working and, and teaching in that environment was, was incredible. Um, so yeah, my, my, my gap year led to several gap years, not to scare away, not to scare away parents out there, <laughs> but I had already, you, you haven't uh, Ryan Allen of Irish gap year took a gap decade. So you're okay on that front. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't quite a decade for me, but it, but it leaned towards that. <laughs> I, so it segued into Japan, which ended up being just half, half a year living in Japan and teaching and living with a family there. And then that segues straight into traveling through on my own, backpacking through China, Pakistan, um, tried to get a visa to go through Iran and Iraq at that time. And I lost my patience. I wish I had more patience at the time and had gone through those countries. But that's another story. The Middle East got horribly sick. Um, and ended up having to go home and spend a couple months just recovering uh, <laughs> in my mom's house. And then as soon as I was better, went back on the road again and traveled, uh, flew into Istanbul and traveled overland uh, by myself all the way from Istanbul to Cape Town um, with some incredible adventures on the way, uh, you know, riding on the top of transport trucks uh, across the Sudan and uh, overland in and across Ethiopia, across which former Zaire, etc. But I won't bore you with 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 all of those travels. And Are then, you kidding? <laughs> no, that was actually what we were going to jump into next, and I was just curious. I mean, that's amazing to hear about all the different steps that kind of your your postgraduate life, um, the many adventures that that took you on. Um, and yeah, I'm just curious after having all of those international experiences, you know, then you moved in with AmeriCorps, um, which, you know, I'm familiar with. I had been looking at positions with them as well after graduating from college. And so just curious how it was to go from so much international adventure and travel to working not only domestically with an organization, but with a governmental organization here in the States and what exactly your post was with them in Denver. Yeah. I mean, at that point in my life, I was really, um, there was a big part of me that was was ready to be in one place and relatively settled and more committed to a community in one spot and in a community that's from from my culture because i'd been now literally years on the road traveling and freelancing and volunteering in, in different countries for other people and other cultures which i loved and was huge obviously um, but was really ready to do something for my own culture and, and, and be in one spot and, and AmeriCorps, uh, you know, gave me that opportunity. Um, I went in as a leader, uh, a, you know, a ground level team leader. Um, I was I was one sole leader responsible for a team of about 14 students who came from all over the country. And I spent a year leading this team. Um, we were based in Denver. The majority of projects we did were in, in Colorado, but we did also other projects around the, the sort of the middle Midwest region. Um, and we were 100% going out there and doing volunteer work. Um, our projects lasted, you know, anywhere usually from about a month to two months each. Um, we did some amazing, memorable stuff. <laughs> some of the projects that stick in my mind the most um, are 
We renovated a homeless shelter in uh, downtown Denver. We uh, lived in tents for about a month and a half or so on the Elk Refuge up in Jackson, Wyoming. And we built a fence around the, uh, around the Elk Refuge. That was awesome. We lived also in tents for a month and a half or two in Big Bend National Park in Texas, which is right on the border of Mexico. And we uh, renovated um, an Adobe, an historic Adobe, Adobe building. Um, and we did it in the same methods that they did over 100 years ago when they originally had built that Adobe building. Um, so we did some incredible stuff and, and I learned so much. Um, that was really, that was my, that was my um, experiential schooling on service learning and where I really um, took a lot of the volunteer work. And I didn't get into some of the volunteer work that I did when I, during my individual travels, um, you know, living with the Maasai out in the, in, in the mountains of Kenya and building a, building a, a medical clinic and, and, and some other things that I did out there. But this really formalized uh, some of those more random experiences that I did on my own into something structured and focused on giving back and doing it in a really educational format and what, what we can learn through through doing that service, how we can connect and become a part of the community and learn about the community through that service work. I think that it's really worth mentioning too that NCCC um, and other AmeriCorps programs are still running and they accept gap year students. Um, a lot of them have a high school graduation requirement, but as long as you're 18 and older and have graduated high school or have a GED, you are eligible for NCCC and other AmeriCorps programs. And they are a wonderful, fully funded way of spending gap time uh, in the present day as well. Um, and it's so cool to hear about such a formative experience in your life, Brad, that that happened um, a little while ago, let's say. But, <laughs> but you know, I think that it's, it's fascinating hearing about your background because I think that it's obvious that both your international travel and the NCCC experience greatly informed the creation of Youth International. So I'd love for you to tell talk us a, through a little bit about that creation of melding these these two um, experience, I guess, buckets of experience with the international travel and then like the kind of intensive service learning experience of NCCC and how that came, how that formed into the Youth International that we know today. Yeah, so um, during my year 1994-95, when I was leading that, that team with AmeriCorps, you know, the students inevitably started to learn about me and, and all the travels that I had done in my life. And I just had so many students coming up to me and saying, wow, how did you do that? I want to do that. You know, how can I do it, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it just it lit a spark in me that I didn't really at that time know quite was there. <laughs> frankly, uh, to eventually you know, have the audacity, I guess you could say, to, to say, you know what, you guys, um, if yeah, anybody can do it, you just go do it. You just, you know, you go save some money and put a pack on your back and jump on a plane and go out there. Um, but I started to realize that most of them wouldn't do that. Um, and and, and uh, so I, I said to a bunch of them, hey, look, if you really want to do this, I'll set some stuff up with places that I've been and organizations that I've worked with and, and, and I'll take you out there and we'll go do it. You just have to pay my way <laughs> and we'll go do it. Um, 
And I got enough people who were crazy enough as I was, I guess, at that time to say, okay, Brad, I'll do it. Um, and it took, it took actually, it took actually um, a good year and a half to two years from that point before it materialized. And I mean, there was a lot of ups and downs and whether, you know, figuring out whether that, that was ever actually going to happen or not. But eventually we did. We got 12 people on board who were crazy enough um, and earned, earned some money to go out there and do it. I mean, at that point too, I mean, we were, you know, I, it was, uh, we went out there for 10 months and it was, we charged them a thousand dollars a month for flights and food and travel and, you know, absolutely everything that we, we, we did. I tried to make it as doable for them as, as humanly possible. And yeah, I got 12 people. They were all, all the students in that first group, um, I mean, we're, we're all either AmeriCorps students or we're direct, I mean, at least half of them were AmeriCorps students that, that knew me from that year in AmeriCorps. Um, and then the other half were, you know, their friends, <laughs> basically. Um, you know, and during this time, I mean, I also went back and worked in the Up With People office for a year. And I went back on the road, mostly to Africa, and did some setup for, for, for this trip that we were going to go on, etc. But eventually, you know, January 4th, 1997, <laughs> we all met in Colorado, and we headed off for 10 months together. It was really a pioneering adventure, and it was just, it was incredible. Um, so cool. It was incredible. Um, for 10 months, we traveled literally around the world. We circled the world. We went to, uh, uh Hong Kong in 97, the last time that Hong Kong was Hong Kong actually, and not part of China. I mean, um, Southern China, Philippines, Thailand, India, Nepal. We were at least three full months in India on that trip. Um, and then we went over to Kenya, Uganda, Egypt, and Jordan. Our, our plan was to finish up that year in Israel and things got crazy in Israel political, politically during that time. So on a dime, we shifted it ironically um, and went through Syria and had an amazing experience in that wonderful country. And it's just so horrible what's going on there now, obviously. Um, and, and then we finished up in Turkey. That, that, that was that year, but that was our pioneering adventure. And um, I had set a lot up, but <laughs> it was thoroughly set up, but nothing like today. Um, we learned a lot. Uh, as we went along uh, about the realities of how, th how things would, would work out there. But, but yeah, um, it, it, was a, it was an AmeriCorps team, basically. Um, me leading, I, I really stole that model of the team with 12 to 14 students. And, uh, and, and, and well, we had two leaders versus one in AmeriCorps. And going out there and just took that service learning model to the international stage. Um, and we spent about 40% of our time out there living communities and doing volunteer service work, learning through service. Um, but of course, then I also combined the other parts of my life and who I am that, that was, I was, I was really passionate about, you know, the team, learning through team, the service learning, which was part of the AmeriCorps experience that I lifted. Um, but along with that international stage, not just international, but, uh, you know, developing world, I hate that term, but for lack of a better one, um, developing world travel, rugged backpacking, getting in there and doing it real, learning through real life hands-on experience. And um, although things, the edges has, have softened from <laughs> a little bit anyways, from that first trip in 1997, really tried to maintain um, that 
edge with this program that we're going out there and doing it real going in there and, and not trying to have people when we're going in the communities if we're going to go and live in a little village in india and live in a mud hut essentially with the people we want to go in there and, and live the way they do um, we don't want them to change the environment for us i mean sure we want to make sure we're drinking boiled water <laughs> and we're eating food that's cooked well and served hot and we're certainly very safety conscious and we're we're part of the gya and we we we, we, we definitely adhere to really strict standards and all, but within that, 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 that safety framework, sidebar, <laughs> safety <laughs> sidebar <laughs> within, the, within, within that framework, definitely of safety and, and health being a number one priority, obviously, um, we want to keep it authentic and, and, and as real and keep that edge and just get, just get people out into the world with a backpack on their back, you know, and just learn as much as they can about other cultures and realities by, by doing it in a real way themselves. And, 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 and I go back to, again, as much or more than anything, this is an, an, an inward journey. Um, and, and, and that's what keeps me going is that we're trying to create a space and an environment opportunity for people to have a really deep, intense inward journey while they're out there and, 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 and learn and explore who they are as, as much as possible. I mean, it's clear, obviously you've been doing this for over 20 years. I think that there's a lot to be said for the experiences that you've had in running this company for that amount of time, um, as well as I know that every season there are things to be learned and so having had if you're doing this twice a year i mean 20 years what is that 40 seasons of you know 40 semesters of having students out in the field and so i can't even imagine all the different sort of you know ways in which you've been able to improve the programs in that amount of time it's it's really incredible you keep making me feel old margo i'm so <laughs> i'm not that old that was not my intention <laughs> no i'm joking no i pre yes we've honed We've obviously, I mean, every every trip that goes out there uh, is, is first of all, a unique and new program, which is partly what keeps it just so alive. It's a new group of people, new personalities, therefore it's a new program. But every time we go out there, um, I, 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 I try to remind myself that, you know, that this is another new learning opportunity. Yeah, I tell the students, you know, uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, what, the, what we want this to be and to feel like is maybe you're just like a bunch of random backpackers that might have met up in a train station in India or a bus station in Peru and said, hey, let's all go travel together. You know, let's just get out there and do as many amazing things as we can. Let's learn as much as we can in a real life hands-on way. And, you know, let's give something back as well while, while they're out there too. But, you know, everybody's doing this as they're high school graduates. They're, they're everybody's adults. They're 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 old enough to, to look out for themselves. But we're going to some crazy, strange environments. Let's stick together and look out for each other. And let's just be like a little self-sufficient traveling community of grungy backpackers going out there and doing it together and figuring it out together. And there are times in our trips where it feels just very much like that. We're out here, a bunch of grungy backpackers, and we're figuring stuff out. We're figuring out how to do it. And we're, we're doing what it takes to make this things go. And that might be, we're having to stand in line at some point to get bus tickets in India. We're gonna, we we're having to go and flag down taxis in Bolivia and we have to haggle the right price, you know? So as part of this, we're, we're really learning how to travel and we're, we're becoming much savvier travelers in the world, more confident people. At the end of this, we don't feel like we just followed a couple of leaders around Asia for three months or around South America for three months. Um, we've been empowered and we've become much more savvy travelers in the world, much more confident about who we are, much more confident about what we're going on to do in the world. I mean, it's not the end all be all, 
um, the, all of life is a learning journey, I hope, and it's a continuing development of that. But hopefully this is at a, at a really poignant part of life, a really big leap forward uh, in, in, in that regard. Yeah, I mean, those formative experiences, they set the stage, like you've said, um, and they, they clearly up with people and those those travels, th those created your adult self. And that's, I think, that why the three of us are all believers in in a gap year experience being at this crucial moment in one's personal development, because it, it informs the rest of your life, whether you go on to becoming experiential educators like we all have, or whether you go on to be a doctor or a lawyer or a software developer or um, an NGO provider or whatever it is. So I think that, like you said, it's just so important for, for students to have these eye-opening experiences, whether they're domestically or abroad. Um, but that does bring us, we, we do have to wind down, believe it or not. <laughs> and so we do like, we do like kind of um, winding down the podcast by not just saying goodbye, but doing that something that you're probably familiar with in that it's pop store, popcorn style questions. And, what we're looking for, Brad, if, you, if you're up to the challenge, is short answers, like less than 10 seconds long. That's not my forte, it. but I'll give know, it my best I shot. <laughs> so um, we're going we're gonna to see how we do here. That's your challenge. <laughs> but I want to start <laughs> off with the first question. This is going to be hard for you, but I want you to, to tell us as, you know, as concisely as possible, what do you think a student's biggest takeaway after completing your program is? self-confidence, a broader understanding of, of the world and the possibilities out there uh, in the world and ready to take a much firmer step forward as they go on to their first year of college or, or their next year of college, or in some rare cases, what they're doing next in life in the work world. That's my popcorn answer. Excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, next question. What do you think is your biggest piece of advice for prospective gap year students, students that might be listening to the pod and considering taking a gap year? Well, if I have to answer popcorn style, and I think I've already said it, it's just do it. Just go do it. Um, what you have to lose is profoundly minimal um, to zero. What you have to gain is so huge about learning about yourself in the world and just in this key time of life. Um, yeah, making a huge leap forward. I, I don't mean to be repetitive, but I think that's the biggest thing. It's always good to put a fine point on it. So that's, a, I think, well well appreciated to, to do that. So, okay, last popcorn style question. Um, what is your favorite destination that work has ever taken you? Work also could be considered your your major travels when you were younger. I know that you've traveled a lot since, and I know that choosing a favorite destination or or travel can be um, like choosing like your favorite child. So do your best and give us an idea of like just a place that just has captured your heart. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the way you said pick your favorite child because it almost is like that. Uh, it, it is almost impossible to pick my favorite experience or destination. I guess my standard answered, answer to that, it, it always goes back to India. Um, I, I, I love the country. I have a passion for the country. Um, I do for many others as well. I, I've been back there so many times. And every time I go back to India, um, in a lot of ways, it's like the first time again. It's like I'm rediscovering a country, a culture, and myself again. Um, in a lot of ways, um, no other place like India has, has held the mirror up to myself and made me look deep inside myself and question who I am, what I'm about, and, and what the heck I'm doing on this planet. <laughs> 
That's great. All right. Well, Brad, thank you so much for being with us here today um, and taking the time to chat with us and tell us a little bit more about your really unique history. I've really enjoyed hearing more about just your personal travels and what has brought you to where you are today. Um, and thanks to everyone out there as well for listening and, and joining us today. So Julia, where in the world can people find us? Well, you can find Brad and Youth International at youthinternational.org. And I assume that, Brad, you guys will be at some of the gap year fairs. So email Brad if you have a question about which fairs they might be at. And he's based in Colorado. Do you know which fairs you're going to yet, Brad? Not exactly. Um, We, as a program, will be at a a lot of them, the majority of them, as many as we can get to. Um, Personally, I will be at a lot of them as well. I can't quite say exactly which ones I'll be at right now. Sorry, we haven't gotten that far, but I'll be out there on the road and and hope to meet as many people in person face-to-face as possible. Awesome. Well, as a reminder, you can see the Gap Year Fair schedule at usagapyearfairs.org. You can also find Gap Year Radio all over the place. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. We'd love for you to email us your Gap Year questions or tell us what you think about the show at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And uh, we, yeah, we just, we've been getting some emails from, from listeners and it's just really, really fun to hear from you guys. So please keep in contact, keep in touch with us. We, we see and read every email that comes our way. So thank you. You can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love to, for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can discover Gap Year Radio. And Margot and Julia, thank you so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Brad. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Um, And so, Brad, we're trying to do our sign-off in a different foreign language each pod. That's kind of been our theme so far. So how would you say thank you and goodbye in your favorite foreign language, maybe from from travels or possibly from (laughs) India? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I guess I have to go back to India and and my favorite way of saying hello and goodbye is is namaste uh i i I greet the god and uh, i greet the the spirit within you namaste i love namaste that's a that's a great great greeting and farewell so namaste brad and margot namaste thank you so much that was great a lot of fun